This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. This week's special episodes live from Miami Super Bowl 54 are brought to you by none other than our great sponsor, QuickTrack, the easiest way to create and sign a contract all from your mobile device. My brother, personally, I, I think it's great. My mom looks at it as his reason of why this happened to us. Because now we look at Dougie and he has given multi-million dollars to all of these families and he has his own foundation. It's like his work and his name. And that's something that she loves and definitely says, this is Dougie's job and this is what he was put here to do. Yep. Yeah. It is his purpose on this earth. And Yay, I'm so excited. I'm sitting with my friend here, Alexa Flutie, who has such an exciting story. And I'm so pumped because I haven't been able to really interview a true friend on the podcast yet. So welcome. You're my first friend. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to see you. It's been so long. I know. Can you believe it? I, no. How many years has it been I don't now? know. Maybe it's- Five, um, four. When did you get married? I got married in 2015. So, oh yeah, so almost, oh almost my gosh, five almost, years. No way. Oh my gosh, that makes me feel old. I know. I cannot believe that. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. Well, you look the same, and <laughs> likewise, oh, it's like it's it's like nothing has ever changed. Um. Well, first, oh my gosh, I'm staring at her boots, you guys, and they're so cute. Her heel is like a little. Flower. It's a Louis. So sexy. Don't mind my socks with it. I love that. That's the best. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Oh my gosh. When I think of like Louis bags, I always, whenever I see them, I think of you because remember when we went in France, when we were in France and we went to the fancy, like the one outside that store? We're drinking champagne in the courtyard. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys, if you've never been to the south of France, which a lot of people I'm sure you haven't because why would you go? But it's like, the stores there are so incredible, and obviously, like Alexa and I got really lucky to go there when mm-hmm. we were cheering with the Chargers. Um, but we had so much fun when we had some free time. We got to go hang out and do a little shopping. In the special, <laughs> the special Louis store. Exactly, I nothing just, that looks like America. No, not at all. I was just really excited to go because my mom always wanted to go to France, and she really loves Louis Vuitton. So we just. I had to go get her um, a bag to represent that. So. Yeah, definitely. I know. And you got her a cute bag, right? It said something on it? It said Saint-Tropez on it. Oh, so I got it the location that we were at. Yeah, I love that. And, okay, so just for those of us who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about your family and um, your life growing up? For those of you who don't recognize my last name, my last name is Flutie, and my dad is former Heisman Trophy winner, Doug Flutie, NFL quarterback, CFL quarterback. So my life was a little crazy, I guess, growing up. We were always living in Boston, but my dad would go and play football, so we would move to wherever he was playing at the time, live there for football season, and then come back to Boston. So I lived in... I don't know, Canada, in Toronto, in Calgary, in Vancouver, in Buffalo, New York, and then ended up in San Diego, Mm -hmm. and then back to Boston, Mm -hmm. because he retired as a patriot. Wow. But it was, yeah, it's very crazy, but it's awesome. I really 
am lucky to mm-hmm. be able to have that lifestyle. Yeah, totally. It's so funny. Like I can't remember what was on TV one time, but they were airing like an old documentary or something that was like showing old video footage of you and your brother, like <laughs> skate, like frolicking through the grass or something. I'm guessing oh that was a football life. Cause at the end of Probably. a football life, they had a very old video of me. I don't know. I was in elementary school and we laugh about it because my mom said when that was being filmed, she's like, do you really want to wear the outfit that you were wearing? Okay. I was in like bell bottom jeans, my cheerleading, like pop Warner zip up, like swooshy jacket. And I had, I was growing my bangs out. So I had two butterfly clips Mm -hmm. right here to keep my bangs out of my face. And she's like, are you sure you want to wear those clips? I'm like, yes, mom, I'm fine. Now it has come back to haunt me. Hey, no, but now it's back in style. Like I was wearing clips like that yesterday, not butterfly, but right here. So you know what? It works. It's kind of everything comes back. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. It all, it all comes back. Um, but no, I mean, I love that. I mean, it makes you so unique and you have such an incredible story. Um, but it is pretty incredible that you grew up around football and then all of a sudden you turn to cheerleading, which is so often associated with football. So when did you first get into dancing and cheering? I have been dancing since the age of two. My mom was a teacher at a local studio and just kind of brought me and I was on the side learning the choreography and she just kind of put me in in the recital for the hell of it. And then I started doing Pop Warner cheerleading. So I'm guessing around six years old and it's stuck with me ever since going to high school and all-star cheerleading. And then I went to Dean College for dance. I have... um, my degree in that and then I did some work outside professionally in some hip-hop crews um, around Broadway and then cheered in the NFL for four years yeah you, so you kind of followed your dad's legacy yes that was really fun because when I made the Patriots the first time um, I was like oh I'm the only other person in our family to go pro mm-hmm. so that was really cool to see and I got a lot of recognition from following in my dad's footsteps like quote-unquote yeah. with the Patriots and then ending up with the Chargers. Uh-huh. What was that relationship like with your dad at that point? Oh me and my dad have always been super super close. Um, we do a lot of things together so he was very supportive of all my endeavors and was really excited because that was something I just really wanted to accomplish mm-hmm. was cheering in the NFL and kind of following in his footsteps but he wasn't so sure about the like swimsuit photos and yeah. the headshots and all of that. So he gave me a little bit of grief about that. Yeah. But Well, what's interesting is, I mean, I know things are changing a little bit, but especially when you and I were cheering, mm-hmm. um, it was so much more that they protected us. I'm doing air quotes, you guys, because I thought it was such BS, but by not revealing like your last name or things like that. So a lot of people who were fans might have not known that you were a flutie, right? Yes and no. Okay. Actually, so when I joined the Patriots, we weren't allowed to use our last name, but she used my last name all the time just because I'm in New England. Right. Everyone knows who totally, I am. Yeah. So you can't hide me, yeah. I guess. Um, and then with San Diego, with my dad being there, there was a lot of diehard fans who would come mm-hmm. up to me and just knew no. who I was. But in general, I guess... Keeping me away from some of the fans, yes, but a lot of people did come up to me or some of the other girls on the team and kind of got me confused 
and would talk to them about my dad too. It's like they just took a gamble. Mm -hmm. No way. That's so funny. I never knew that. Yeah. So my first year, um, Nicole, oh my she looked very, very similar to me, kind of like you and I. Yeah, yeah. And people would come up and be like, oh, I loved your dad when he played here. And it happened so often. She was just like, oh, yeah, that's so great. Thank you so much. Yeah. And we just kind of went with it. And she would let me know if I ran into that fan again. That's but hilarious. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. That is too, too funny. Oh, my gosh. I love that. But even just seeing your parents at games, like, they were kind of the epitome of, like, the – perfect supportive sport parent like your mom would have the cute little rhinestone jacket or shirt on mm -hmm. supporting you and um i loved that they made games so much more about you you know it wasn't just about your dad they were really supporting you and what you were doing yeah they're definitely stage parents cheer parents dance parents however dance mom not crazy but always there always supporting like even though my dad had games or appearances or whatever he was doing when i was in college he would always make it back for my performances mm -hmm. and he would make a point to be there and support me on all my cheerleading competitions he knew all the terminology yeah. and still to this day he does i coach um, a college team over at florida tech cheer and dance and he'll talk to my students about all the terminology and what they're doing and who they're competing against and it's it's great that he shows so much interest in it. So he's a real dance and cheer dad. Like a lot of people don't know that about him. Oh yeah. He can critique all the other teams and knows what the point deductions are and the bobbles and the drops. And I'll message him from when I'm backstage and I'm like, okay, how did they do? Do you think we have a chance? And he'll just start ranking us and being like, all right, well, if this team drops, you have a chance, but if not, you've really got to make sure you stick everything. Yeah. But yet he knows his like what he is talking about. That's so cute. Well, it's so fun though, because you could share that, you know, competitiveness and both things that you guys have done. And now, you know, you're, I mean, I know you're not technically in it anymore, but still mm -hmm. the fact that you're coaching, um, it's something that you guys can kind of bond over. Oh, definitely. That's so special. <laughs> I love that. No, it's amazing. But, um, you know, so many times I think that like, we just forget about you know, the person behind the stats, the person behind the history and the legacy and the awards. Um, and so often, you know, that goes forgotten and the things that he's done for you, the things that you've done for him, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, we just don't even think about. Yeah, a lot of people see him just as this athlete and like you said, all of his accomplishments and his awards, but he is such, I, I guess, a regular person. Mm -hmm. I mean, he wakes up at five in the morning and goes surfs like all morning, comes home, takes a nap and then goes out and plays baseball on his men's league, plays pickup basketball and then goes surfing again later He's in the afternoon. playing guitar tonight. Yeah, exactly. So he just, he basically wants to be a surfer and mm -hmm. be retired and just kind of hang out with his family and still be active as much as he can. Yeah. Well, that's what I think not surprises me, but um, impresses me so much about your family is that you guys are able to still be removed from the spotlight from the spotlight enough, but yet your dad is still so involved in the game, working so much. Mm -hmm. um, like you guys are just all over the place all the time. Like I feel like your dad has his hand in so many different pockets. I mean, you've got your brother's foundation yes. still going. Like you guys are so active. So um, talk a little bit about how your foundation got started. Well, my I have a younger brother, Dougie and he is three years younger than me, and at the age of three, he was diagnosed with autism. Um, my parents didn't know much about it at the time. This was back in the early 90s, and 
there wasn't just much information. So my parents decided to make um, a foundation to support the families because they were going through it and they realized how hard it was and how challenging it was to raise a kid with autism. And we're very lucky that we have the means to take care of my brother, but a lot of families don't. So that has been our main goal with the foundation um, to really work with families and organizations to support the kids themselves. Mm -hmm. It's bringing computers or toys, bicycles, anything that the kids need to actually learn and progress um, from any difficulties that they've been going through. How do you think that that's improved your brother's life since you've launched the foundation? My brother personally, I, I think it's great. My mom looks at it as his reason of why this happened to us. Because now we look at Dougie and he has given multi-million dollars to all of these families and he has his own foundation. It's like his work and yeah. his name yeah. and that's something that she loves and definitely says this is Dougie's job totally. and this is what he it's was put purpose. here to do. Yep. Yeah. Totally. It is his purpose on this earth. And I mean, that is so cool. And to kind of set an example for other families who mm -hmm. might not really know where to start. Yes, they, we definitely reach out to any families and try to help them out. And my dad personally will go to different events and talk and hear everyone else's story. And it's great that we can be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, as an older sister, what was it like growing up with a younger brother that had autism? Honestly, it was the exact same. I didn't notice anything. My parents have always been very positive about it. They're like, okay, this is a goal that we need to accomplish and we're going to accomplish it. And once we accomplish it, we're gonna pick something else. So I never really noticed anything was different. We mm -hmm. still played, I guess a little differently, but we would watch TV, we would watch Barney, we would go to Disney and he loves going to Disney. Um, I think you both have that in common. Oh yes, most definitely. But we grew up great. I, I mean, there were some things that are a little strange because it's like I'm an only child, but not at the same time um, because I'm the only one who graduated from high school, who started to drive a car, who got married. Dougie's just not gonna take those steps. Mm -hmm. So when I accomplished those steps, my parents really like put everything in. Yeah. Um, but in general, no, me and Dougie still get along today. Um, he goes to school at the college that I work at. So I go and visit him occasionally when I'm at work or, um, I'll pick him up, drop him off at school. Um, he still is living with my parents. Mm -hmm. So I'll go over and hang out with him. He loves SpongeBob. So we'll watch SpongeBob and hang out, but yeah, we're still super close and I have uh, just a great memory of growing up with him. Totally. Well, I mean, I think that's incredible. And I mean, you guys are so awesome. And again, like you're setting such an example for other families who really just don't know where to start with, you know, getting help for kids who just might seem a little bit different, but, mm -hmm. um, they have such a big purpose in this world. I love that. Yeah, definitely. And if anyone wants to look it up, it's the yeah. Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism. We have an Instagram, we have Twitter, Facebook, and our own website. Check it out. Check out um, any of the events that are going on, and we would love to see any of you guys there. Yeah, we'll plug, we'll put all that stuff in the episode show notes so that you guys can go ahead and click on the links. Um, well, I mean, you're such a special person in general, and your family's so special. You guys are so close, and I love that. Um, I guess one thing that always bothered me is that I felt 
personally that you were never valued enough when I knew you as a teammate. And it drove me up a wall. And I felt like I dealt with similar things, um, especially, I mean, I know I told you this once you weren't on the team anymore, but mm-hmm. like, I was totally bullied like my second year when, you know, I was dealing with stupid girl things. And I think so many people think like, oh, the, the cheer drama, that's probably all happens in the movies. But I mean, sometimes it's, it kind of is true. Do you feel like you dealt with that a little bit more because of who you were and who your dad was? I think yes. In, in general, yes, most definitely. People, I guess, kind of judge me before they know me and I don't know what they create in their mind of the image or how I'm going to act or how I'm going to treat them, but I think they take that and then just kind of roll with it. So no one really gives me a shot to show you my personality. Um, I don't get along with girls very much. I, I'm guessing for that if it's jealousy or, or what it may be, but I got bullied a lot like in high school because of that. So I originally moved from Boston to California and I went to high school there in a public school. And when I moved there, my dad was the quarterback of the Chargers. And kids didn't want to talk to me, didn't want to get to know me. I don't know why, but then they would kind of bully me. Like, I don't know, my dad would have a bad game or he threw an interception. I don't know what it was. But they'd be like, oh, well, your dad sucks. He lost the game for us and would take it out on me. And then growing up in, I guess, the dance world then, it was kind of a a similar mentality. Um, And it's something I just had to kind of overcome, to tell you the truth, and just pick and choose who was going to be really close to me and try, I don't know, not to pay attention to all the negativity. But it definitely happens. There's a lot of petty and I guess cheer dance world yes and at first like you think something's wrong with you like Mm -hmm. I used to think that and I was just like what in the world but then I realized I was just like oh you know what like okay some of it's jealousy some of it's female insecurity Mm -hmm. some of it's just this world my mom calls it the glamour girls like (laughs) it's just she's like you've been around too many glamour girls your entire life and and um it's just for some reason that culture has built this either like it can be a strong sisterhood or it can be this like competitive atmosphere where everyone's competing against each other instead of like applauding each other for Mm -hmm. succeeding, you know? And I feel like that's what people did to you because they saw who you were. They saw that, you know, you, you, you grew up a certain way. They saw that you had a nice car. They saw that you're beautiful. Like they thought you have everything. So why should they be nice to you? Mm -hmm. I could definitely agree with that. And it's really a shame. That's one thing that I really try to breed in my cheer and dance world now is you guys are a team. Like, yes, everyone has a strength and everyone has a weakness, but everyone picks each other up to make you guys a full team. And I just don't think some of the girls in this world understand that. Mm -hmm. Like, you already went through auditions. You're not competing against each other anymore. And even if you were, like, during auditions, there's so many little details that they have to look at and just support each other with. But, Mm -hmm. no, I completely understand. And there's been a lot of headbutting in, I guess, my NFL world and... Honestly, from the Patriots, I didn't really take away too many friends from that team. I'm very lucky with the Chargers that I had more time to spend there um, from living in San Diego and getting to know people mm-hmm. better. But. Yeah. but still, sometimes 
like people don't want to get to know you. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Like even though if you want to get to know someone, they don't want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of treat practice as a job or it can get kind of clicky and then um, you feel alone. Yes. I mean, there's been many a times I was at practice and everyone kind of clicked mm-hmm. together, sit in their little pods, and then I'd be kind of over by myself or, I don't know, I'd end up sitting by myself during meetings and not really welcome in, even invited to, I don't know, events, mm-hmm. birthday parties, anything mm-hmm. like that. I ended up just kind of keeping to myself with maybe my one or two other friends, but mm-hmm. it's definitely real. Yeah. So have you got started on your New Year's resolution yet? Well, I've already been able to fulfill mine. For me, it was getting organized. So as much as my room's not clean yet, my phone, I'm getting digitally there. Plus, I'm using QuickTrack. Like I told you at the beginning of this episode, this app has saved my life. It's a free download. You can create and sign a contract all within your cell phone. It's so easy. Basically, the app tells you how to write a contract. You feel like a badass lawyer right when you're doing it. Go do it right now. You won't regret it whether you are a businessman, businesswoman, or just somebody who needs to hire a babysitter and make sure that everything's okay. Go download the QuickTrack app today from the App Store for free. QuickTrack, Q-U-I-K-T-R-A-C-T, QuickTrack. Now, back to the show. What's one tough memory that you can remember that really hurt that you had to really overcome and made you kind of realize that you were stronger than everything that was going on when you were chairing the NFL? That's a really hard question. There's a couple things that, I don't know, I guess people said to me initially, um, basically, you're only making the team because of who your dad is and Uh, with the Patriots specifically, but these people don't understand. I went through auditions five times before I made that team, Um, not making it to finals. I just kept getting cut at like different rounds and the Patriots did a little bit differently than the Chargers. So, but just having people say that to me, I'm like, really? I just worked my ass off for five years trying to get to this point, trying to accomplish this goal. And then you're just going to throw it into my face. Like I didn't do it myself, everything is handed to me, mm-hmm. that's definitely mistaken. And I tried to prove that to people just by my work ethic and showing them I want to be there and I earn this spot. And I don't know, it, it's real. I really work hard for what I want to do, always have, always will, mm-hmm. and nothing's going to be handed to you in general. So Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, it's it's hard when people judge you a certain way because they think, you know, they look at you and think everything has been handed to you, but mm-hmm. in so many ways you've had it harder than certain people that are, are judging you and bullying you um, because they don't even understand the internal stuff that's going on, the stuff you're having to really battle mentally. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of my students that are now going through it. And because right. I already lived it, I'm very grateful that maybe I can help them out with that and mm-hmm. put them on a good guideline. I have uh, one of my students... Uh, just growing up in the like all-star dance world and she had some I don't know fighting about that because once they're all on the team they're all competing against each other I want the solo I want to be able to do I don't know 50 second turns in a row and be point or with cheer I want to be point flyer I want to have the best tumbling pass it's the same mentality and I try to take a step back and say, it's great that you have these skills, but guess what? You can carry the team here and someone else needs to carry the team over here. 
I know. I even think about the fact where like I cared so much about my position in the routine. Mm-hmm. And I think about that stuff now and I'm like, why did that matter so much to me? Like, why did we care so much about that? When we all were a team mm-hmm. and like trying to achieve a, a common goal and that was such a big deal to pretty much all of us. Mm-hmm. That was the one thing that uh, Lisa, who was mm-hmm. our coach for the Chargers, used to say all the time. Everyone can see you from every position on the field. And I think now yeah. I say that to my students constantly. I've never had a complaint that someone was in the back, but I'm like, guys, everyone can see you. It's blatantly obvious. Just because you're in the back center and hidden behind someone, guess what? If you mess up, they can still see you, and it will make everyone as a team, we'll say, look bad. Um, But no, it's so true. It doesn't matter where you are, especially in a stadium, especially in an NFL stadium, um, even compared to college. It's, yeah, they can see you. There's no hiding. What Lisa used to say, like, there's nothing... There's nothing small about the NFL, or what did she always used to say? Like it was something, something big about I don't know, something weird about that. Like I find myself quoting her a lot, right? switching it now with my college team, and I'm like, a lot of stuff resonated yeah. from her. Yeah, totally. No, I totally feel you. Um, <laughs> any any favorite memories that you have from your time in the NFL? Well, I was super excited. We talked about going to Saint Tropez. That mm-hmm. was really awesome. I loved doing that. And then actually the year after, we'll say I retired from the NFL, Lisa brought me back and I worked on the photo shoot with you guys. Yep. And that was really fun because I'm getting into the director position. I love seeing things from her point of view and just learning about how everything is ran. So those two things were great. And then when I was with the Patriots, we ended up going to the Super Bowl. So that was really cool, just having the experience and going and being a part of it. We didn't end up winning. Goodness, I could have had a ring right yeah. now, but one touchdown away. Um, that was in 2011, Patriots versus the Giants. So for those of you who remember, it was a little bit of a heartbreaker, but it, it was awesome. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Wow. You're, I mean, you're so blessed with all the things that you've been through, but you're also so strong for the stuff that you've overcome and um, you're developing into such a beautiful woman. I mean, you still have so much life ahead, but you've already learned so many life lessons. Yeah, definitely. And now I guess I call them kids who are my 18 to 22 year olds and I'm going to be 32 in March. So I can see where my mentality was when I was going through all this. And now I'm like, I wish I knew these things when I was that age, and I feel like I'm turning into my mom or quoting myself, but it's very, very true. Yeah, oh my gosh, I love it. If you guys don't know, I mean, I probably already said it, but we're here um, in Miami at Super Bowl, and we're just hanging out, about to go downstairs to a party where, um, the NFL Legends party where Alexa's dad is playing in his band. So um, is that something fun that you get to just like watch your dad play at certain events and things like that, things you get to enjoy with your mom? Yes, definitely. My dad has had the band since, I don't know, I was little, maybe like mm-hmm. eight years mm-hmm. old. And it's uh, the Flutie Brothers Band. My uncle Darren actually plays in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he plays guitar. And there's been just a core group of guys that have been around since I was little. And we go to all these different events. And um, it's really cool to see him, I guess, now at Super Bowl. His band's playing a bunch of different um, events. And I love listening to his music and seeing how everyone else reacts. Yeah. Um, 
it's just really fun. But then it's really funny because there are other events. I can't remember what this one event was called, but I want to say Linda Holiday, who's Bill Belichick's girlfriend. Yeah. Um, she set it up and invited my parents to come and they, it was this big ordeal. It was something to do with pink. It was okay. like a pink party. Uh -huh. And I don't know, it was very high end. Uh -huh. And it turns out that their performer ended up canceling last minute and asked my mom and my dad if oh his gosh. band could perform at this event. Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay, that's great. Like, this would be so fun. Yeah. We were going to the event anyways. Anyway, yeah. We'll bring uh, the band along. So they got to perform at this event. Turns out that Pitbull was supposed to perform at this event. <laughs> and my dad's <gasps> band was replacing Pitbull. My mom's like, what the hell? I just went to a glorified <laughs> oh band gig when I could have been and hanging out with Pitbull, like that would have been awesome. Your mom is so funny. <laughs> She's obsessed. So that was a super, and uh, she was super bummed out oh, because man. of that. But it was a really cool experience to think, oh, okay, my dad's band <laughs> and Pitbull like are kind of ranked at the same level. Totally, they'll tour together. Yeah, I, I don't see it at all, but. but... Yeah, maybe your mom will make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, she definitely would. Gosh, that's so funny. Um, well, is there anything else you want to mention before we wrap up and go head out to the party right now? Oh my goodness, I don't know. It's been great talking to you and yeah, catching up. So and fun. I know. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm trying to think about everything that we were talking about and anything I kind of wanted to reminisce about. Or yeah, we have lots of lots of good memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry guys, we'll have to tell you another time. <laughs> we'll have to come. We're back. both really hungry. Oh yes. So it's, it's been late. a long day it's been here. A long day. It's been a long week. I stayed out all night, business-wise. Mm -hmm. You know, had to close some deals. So um, I didn't know Miami stays open until 5 a.m. So oh, you're going to Miami, isn't it? The place that never sleeps. What's the Apparently. line from Will Smith? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like, look it up after this. Yeah, we're gonna have to look that up. <laughs> but I've been singing that song oh, the whole gosh, time I've so been funny. here. Yeah. Um, all right, well, this is so fun. We'll have to do it again sometime, either when I'm back here or when you're back in California sometime, mm -hmm. or we'll do it again. Yes, that sounds great, and thank you so much. Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Kevin. And we're the hosts of the Rinkside Podcast. We were annoyed by the lack of hockey coverage on local sports radio and decided that we were stupid enough to try and provide some ourselves. We have what we call the Rinkside Guarantee. We guarantee that the podcast you're currently listening to is better than ours. We are literally just two halves of one whole idiot trying to fumble through covering the Detroit Red Wings, the National Hockey League, and hockey in general. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Rinkside Pod. And subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast providers. Every time you listen to our podcast, it brings us one step closer to our ultimate business goal of purchasing the Arizona Coyotes and then moving them to Detroit. What? Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Or just another commercial. We aren't the ones who make those choices.